Hi, I'm Gavin Giovannoni, Professor of Neurology at Bath's and the London School of Medicine and Dentistry, and I'm doing this MSLV podcast out of uh, frustration. Um, I'm getting increasingly criticized uh, or questioned by mainly people with more advanced or progressive MS who are extremely frustrated that the licensed treatments uh, are not working. Um, I find this quite frustrating because during the development and subsequent licensing of the therapies that we now use in advanced MS, I repeatedly made the point that the MS community must manage expectations. You know, what is realistic for these therapies? And it's clear that we have not done this. Uh, The MS community, particularly individuals with the disease, are incredibly disappointed with the impact these therapies are having on advanced uh, MS, uh, which is also referred to uh, in the old terminology, in my opinion, progressive MS. Um, I haven't broken any promises. You know, I did not overhype the expectations. Uh, I think it's mainly the potentially the pharmaceutical companies and the wider MS community creating this rose-tinted view of MS. And I remember doing a survey via the MS blog. Uh, this would have been, you know, maybe even ten years ago asking people what they expected from a progressive MS therapy. (laughs) And back then, you know, over a third of them had very unrealistic expectations. They expected full recovery of function, uh, or at least an improvement in function, despite having advanced MS. Um, Only one in five um, had an expectation that these therapies would just slow down worsening, which is what they do. Um, They don't actually... Uh, flat line or improve function, they, all they do is slow down the worsening or the rate of worsening, the slope of the curve, which means when you're on like saponimod if you've got SPMS or ocaluzumab if you've got primary progressive MS, you won't notice these therapies working. You will be still getting worse and you just have to believe from the trial data that you will be getting worse more slowly. Uh, I also think that the recent identification of smoldering-associated worsening, so this is in very early MS, even even in people who have got asymptomatic disease, what we call radiologically isolated syndrome, or even clinically isolated syndrome, this worsening that occurs despite not having obvious relapses or MRI activity has made this problem uh, even worse. I know this is not good news, identifying smoldering-associated worsening, but it's the reality of what multiple sclerosis does. Unless we identify and define smoldering MS, we won't develop what I think the next generation of treatments are, that are required to tackle the problem. So, you know, please don't uh, shoot me the messenger. All I'm trying to do is highlight what MS is and the unmet need that we have for tackling this disease. And I also want to remind the MS community that we haven't cracked MS. You know, we may have very effective therapies to stop focal inflammatory events. In other words, render most of our population of patients free of relapses and new MRI MRI lesions, but we're still not tackling smoldering MS. And that's why we've got the next generation of therapies under development, and we're thinking about combination therapies and why I promote holistic management of MS to try and at least do other things to try and slow down the worsening that occurs uh, independent of focal inflammation. What I can say is that things are a lot more different to when I first started in MS. You know, even though we're not 
yet got smoldering MS cracked, we are slowing down the rate of worsening uh, in people. In other words, people with multiple sclerosis can expect to develop disability milestones much further in the future than they did in the past. Now, there is one exception, and this is why I'm so frustrated, is that when you use the very effective immune reconstitution therapies very early in the course of MS, and here I'm talking about alemtuzumab, HSCT, and possibly even cladribine, uh, I'm talking about the cladribine data from the clinically isolated syndrome study called Oracle, we see in a minority of people treated with these therapies, and I'm saying a minority, it's less than half, and I'm not going to say an exact figure, it's in the region of maybe quarter, maybe even lower than that, that are in really long-term remission. I'm talking about 10, 12, 14, 15 years and beyond. No relapses, no MRI activity, completely stable, fully functional. And when you actually look at their smoldering markers, their end organ, for example, they normalized. And so for all intents and purposes, these people are cured of their MS. Uh, you know, I often get criticized for daring to use the C word. You know, but, but if we don't look for a cure, we'll never find it. And despite these observations, I keep getting pushback from colleagues and others in the MS community for actually pushing or wanting to use immune reconstitution therapies very early on in the course of the disease. Even the regulators and I pay as the NHS, they've put a lot of barriers in place stopping us using the more aggressive therapies early on in the course of the disease. Uh, and this is the problem in the field. You know, we have these very effective therapies that have a l opportunity of really making an enormous difference if used early, but we can't use them early, or we criticize for using them early, or we criticize for promoting their effectiveness. Uh, and I think one of the problems is we are blinkered by the fact that we can actually now render our patients free of inflammatory disease activity. In other words, make them relapse or MRI activity free, okay? Uh, and we've satisfied our treatment target and we ignore the data on the end organ damage that occurs on these therapies. We ignore the concept of smoldering MS and, and actually we ignore the underlying pathogenesis and what we think causes MS and how we should be treating the cause of the disease. And I think herein lies the problem. You know, we've been uh, blinkered and we've had the wool pulled over our eyes um, by the new generation of therapies that are a lot safer in inverted commas uh, and very effective at switching or focal inflammation, but don't tackle the root cause of the disease. And that's the problem. I am personally convinced we really have data to show that a minority of people with MS can be cured. <clears throat> uh, and I think, you know, if we did acknowledge this, then we would possibly be forced to adopt a treatment strategy more <laughs> uh, widely that increases the chances of finding an MS cure. You know, and I find this very, very sad that the use of immune reconstitution therapies very early on in the course of the disease is very low uh, and actually getting lower. And the use of alemtuzumab, for example, now is uh, really a trickle of patients uh, all over the world, and that's incredibly sad. Um, you know, I'm so down about this, and I'm just beginning to think, you know, have I uh, lost the battle or the uh, will to live? And uh, I really have to ask myself, maybe it's time to hang up my gloves, accept defeat, and do something else with my life. Anyway, you may have some comments about this. Um, you know, I don't know what to do, um, except bang my head against the wall uh, and keep repeating myself over and over again. 
And what I'm saying in this particular podcast and in this MSLP newsletter, I have been saying for a decade or more, and nothing changes. If anything, I think the situation is worse. And I now have to go and start a clinic where at least half my patients I'm going to see this morning are going to complain about getting worse despite uh, being free of uh, focal inflammatory disease activity. And I'm going to have to repeat myself by explaining to them we've missed the boat. We should have treated you with an immune reconstitution therapy very early on in the disease. And what I would suggest you now do is go into a clinical trial to see if we can tackle smoldering MS. A very sad uh, state of affairs. Anyway, if you've got a comment, please leave a comment. We can discuss it. Uh, and I'd also urge uh, people to subscribe. I'm actually going to have to go back to a two-tiered system and uh, only release these podcasts and newsletters to paying subscribers. Uh, and then I'll let the uh, rest of the community access them, you know, maybe six months later for free. Uh, take care.